Lord, thank you for your presence here, and thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. Lord, your word says that the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. It also says, Lord, that you uh, are our advocate before the Father. You uh, intercede for us. Uh, You ever liveth, as the King James says, to make intercession for us, God. Um, You are praying for us, Lord. And you know, uh, you, you walked on this earth, Lord, you, you know what it's like to go through uh, different seasons and different times and circumstances. And you know, as you looked at the people and you saw a sheep without a shepherd and you had compassion on them and you, you were concerned because of the fact that this world has fallen, fallen Lord. But you came as, as, as our savior, as our shepherd, as our king, as our... Um, as the lover of our soul, Lord, and you came to, to lead us and to give us hope. And, and we hold on to that, Lord God. We, we hold on to that, Lord, that, um, that you're the king that has conquered uh, sin and, and death and hell and the grave, and, and you have the keys to the kingdom, Lord, and, and that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that you are, you are Lord and, and you, you are king of kings and Lord of lords, and there's nothing too difficult for you, God. There's nothing... Uh, impossible with you. No, no situation is gloomy for you, God, but, but all things are possible with you, Lord, and we rejoice in that, Lord. We rejoice in the fact that you are a friend that sticks closer, closer than a brother, that you are, you are the love of our soul. You are faithful to the end, Lord. You, you'll never leave us or forsake us, and, and we just rejoice in that, Lord Jesus. And so today, Lord, as we, as we get into your word, uh, we, we all, uh, our, 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 our hearts are, are, are um, obviously are, 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 are hurting because of circumstances of, of, of friends and loved ones and um, people that we care for, Lord. But we know that ultimately you are on the throne, God. Ultimately, Lord, you are in control of everything in our lives. And we rejoice in that because you are good. And so, Lord, today as we open your word, I pray for the enamel of the Holy Spirit pray, Holy Spirit, that you would, um, you would speak and that you would um, bring healing and freedom and encouragement in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Christmas is almost here, isn't it? How many guys are, are done Christmas shopping? How many guys haven't started Christmas shopping? <laughs> well, it's my favorite time of the year, and we had a we had a wonderful time at our Christmas party the other day, and it was kind of bittersweet because not all of us could be there, you know. And uh, we understand that we um, we are in in uh, in sort of times that uh, we've never seen before, you know. We've never experienced, you know, the whole pandemic and the whole uncertainty and a lot of things going on. We've never experienced that before, and and so navigating through the uncertain things and certain times is can be challenging, you know, and there's different ways to navigate, you know, and different, um, you know, different, um, you know, people are, we're all trying to be led by the Lord as much as possible, and so, but more than anything, I I think now is a time when we can draw near to the Lord, and we can see Him come through, and see Him, and and trust in Him. Um, 
what God wants to often do is allow those circumstances in our life to strip us from depending on ourselves. That's really where it's at, you know. And uh, I, I, I'm thinking in, in the scripture, um, the promises that God had for, for, for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all these promises. And there was, there was great hope, you know, with, with, uh, with God, with, uh, with the promises of God. Uh, but there's also times when it seems like nothing's happening. It seems like, you know, it's just not, not working, not, not, it's just not, nothing's happening. And uh, I want to take you to a, a scripture that is, is familiar. Um, it's not the scripture I intended to, to, uh, to share the other day, but um, just I felt led to do, do it uh, uh, in the last day or two. Just um, go to uh, the book of Isaiah, prophet Isaiah, and, uh, and uh, chapter 11. And there's a, there's a familiar text that uh, is is of course related to Jesus, and uh, I want to I want to um, look and and uh, and uh, think about uh, the scripture here in Isaiah 11. You know, if you look about the book of Isaiah, Isaiah of course is the prophet, in the first 39 chapters is writing to to Israel and to Judah and to warn them. You know, to say, hey, you know. You guys aren't living right for the for the Lord, so you need to you know we need to repent, you know. And in Israel's history, there's a time when 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 the northern ten tribes of Israel were taken by the Assyrians. They were literally dragged away, uh, and they're called the ten lost tribes of, of of Israel because the Assyrians what they would do is they would take a people and transport them to another part of their empire, and intermingle them so that they wouldn't be able to, they would be mixed with other people that weren't like them and they would kind of not know the, the language as well. Or the, so they, there was, there was to prevent revolt, you know? And so they're kind of like, they're, we don't know. And then they would replace those people that they took with other people from a different part. So they would kind of do the shuffle things, you know? And, and so, and so the, the, the Israelites were taken um, uh, by the Assyrians, and then later on, of course, you have the the Babylonians come in and do the same thing. Well, not exactly the same thing, but they would take the people and go back to Babylon. So, so Isaiah has this long ministry, and he's he's warning the people about doing this. But then there are times there are glimmers of hope in the book of Isaiah where he's like, "But, but I'm gonna I'm gonna restore. I'm gonna send somebody to you know to to save you and to bring hope and everything, you know." And that's uh, it's called the servant songs in in Isaiah, and that's. Re- the, the Messiah. It's about the Messiah, and chapter nine is a, is is one that we we look at. In fact, we'll look at part of it. Chapter chapter eleven is another one. You know, uh, chapter nine um, uh, is directly related to Jesus, and chapter eleven as well. And so, in chapter eleven, I'm going to look at this where 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 things have happened where it looks like it's done, like God's done with the whole program, right? Sometimes it looks like God's done with the whole program, right? Right? I mean, sometimes we, I mean, you know, and so you look at, at, at chapter 11, and, uh, and here it begins, it says, then a shoot. Well, is it, I see the word then, it means, it looks like I'm, I'm, I'm interrupting a conversation, right? So let me back up a little couple, couple of verses back, you know. What, what's happened? Um, you have this, uh, this fall of, uh, of, of Israel, so to speak, back a couple of verses uh, like verse um, uh, 30, uh, 33 and 34 of chapter 10, Behold, the Lord, the God of hosts, will lop off the bows with a terrible crash. 
Those also who are, who are tall in stature will be cut down. And those who are lofty will be abased. He will cut down the thickets of the forest with an iron axe, and Lebanon will fall by the mighty one. It's like God's just clearing away things, it seems like, right? It's like, and so you have this picture of, you have this picture of, of, of Israel now, and all the, the history of Israel that God has, you know, all this anticipation. It all started from, from the book of Genesis, right? Now stay with me, okay? This promise that God makes, three promises to Abraham, you know, I'm going to give you sea, I'm going to give you people, I'm going to give you, a, give you a nation. From you, there'll be a nation, and out of you will come a particular people, the Israelites, right? But then you have, out of this particular people of Israel, you'll have a king. And if you look at, uh, what, First Samuel, Second Samuel 7, he makes this promise to David that there will be a king on your throne, David, who will, who will reign forever, right? That's this... this this messianic promise, right? And so you have this picture of this, 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 this oak, right? This tree that, that, is, that, is, that has a lot of potential, right? And that's the, that's the, that's, that's the, the tribe, of, that's the kingdom uh, uh, through, through David. And you have, you have this anticipation, these promises, right? But then you have the picture of God chopping it down. How many of you guys ever had your promises feel like they've been chopped down? Am I the only one? You have your God chopping down this, this tree, this Davidic tree. See, God... <laughs> see, Lord, you, you have this, this hope... What happens though? But look at look at it's been chopped down. Then verse one of chapter eleven. Okay. Then a shoot will spring forth from the stem of Jesse. Who's got another translation, like New King James or something? What does it say? There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. A rod from the stem of Jesse. Anybody else have a different translation? Say the first part again. Okay, a twig from the stump. You guys have seen a, a tree stump before, right? Now imagine you have this, this massive tree that has great potential. For some reason, it's been chopped down. You know, people often, they, they see potential. You, you, have, you have potential in, in what God can do, but it seems like God has chopped it down, and now people are like, well, nothing can come out of that, right? Now it's just a stump now. You just walk by. You don't even give it another thought. You don't expect anything out of it. It's just a stump. The tree was where it's at, but the stump, come on, right? What can come out of the stump when the tree should have been... I, I want to give, I want to, uh, in, 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 in this text, when it says a tree or a, a shoot shall spring from the stem or from the stump, of Jesse and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. There's hope there. See, there's hope when it doesn't look like there's any hope. See, if hope is only where you think there's supposed to be hope, then that's not really hope, is it, right? If I see the massive tree, well, I know it's going to bear something, right? But do I have hope? Of course, that's not really. But hope, when there's nothing, well, that's hope. 
See, sometimes God chops things down to test your faith and develop it and to say, but can you trust me here where there's a stump? Nothing's going on in the stump. Am I a little loud? I sound a little tingy? Okay, feedback thing. God brings hope where there is no hope. That's the point of, of Christmas. Jesus Christ comes on the scene and all is gloomy, all is dark, all is hopeless. You look at the world, you don't find any hope in the world, do you? Come on, click the, let's change the channel. Channel, change, channel, change, channel, change. Same thing over and over again. No hope, right? You look at yourself, you say, there's no hope. But God comes on the scene to bring hope where there's no hope. Amen? It's one thing, again, it's one thing to say, well, I can expect something to come out of this massive tree. Great potential. The kingdom of David, the family of David. But for it to come out of a stump, out of something that's been cut down to nothing? Oh, good luck, right? But that's where God comes in. He comes in at the place where hope has been lost, right? Where it seems like it's no, there's no way out. Yes, God comes and brings hope where there's no hope. Then a shoot. The shoot there is a, is a young growth. There's a twig. It's, it's, a, it's, a, little, it's a little growth. Nobody, nobody expects it to come out. Doesn't, see, in our mind, we think, you know, God can only bring something good out of large trees that are growing, not out of stumps that have been cut out. God's like, I can work with a stump. <laughs> It's interesting that that seems to be God's mode of operation. I think of, of, of Gideon, who's, who's sent by God, who's called by God to deliver the Israelites to the Midianites, right? The Midianites were ma- mighty people that would, thousands of, they were just massive. And you couldn't grow anything in his time. In fact, so, so, so you had to be secretive because otherwise they'd take it away, the Midianites. And here's Gideon in the in the the threshing floor of uh, uh, you know in the in the wine press actually down below threshing in secret to get some some grain right and God calls him he says I'm calling you basically Gideon to lead my people and he's like who are you talking to me who am I and then when Gideon says Gideon gathers his men and God says you have too many people Gideon wait a second. God, there's a thousands of hundreds of thousands of them, and there's only a few thousand. That's, an, that's too much? See, God works by stripping you down. He works by making sure that it's, that it's understood who's going to get the glory, you or him. He did that with Abraham. Who picks an old guy to have a baby? An old lady to have a baby. Oh, you're still not old enough, Sarah. You're barren. You're still not old enough. Let's keep going, right? Who does that? So you think that God needs your strength to succeed, right? You think God needs your wisdom and intellect to do well. 
God says, I can use a stump. A stump of a tree and a stump of a person. Abraham and, and Sarah, they were stumps. Ain't nothing going on of that. Let's be real, right? They go to the doctor. doctor's like, what are you doing here? Come on, Sarah. You're barren, you're old. But God said, I'm going to have a baby. Medical science says you can't have a baby. But God says something's going to grow. There she is, thinking she's, she's going to the baby store. Are you shopping for yourself? Or are you shopping, or you're shopping for your grandchild? No, I'm shopping for me because I'm going to have a baby someday. Think about that. We think that we are part of the equation that makes God successful. Right? Oh, here, I'll just get a little bit extra. God says, I can't use that. Gideon, you have too many men. He stripped it down to 300 against thousands. That's impossible. Exactly. You may feel like you're the stump that's been cut off. That's exactly where God shows up. Amen? God brings hope where there is no hope because that's what God does, right? This was a, a tree. The kingdom of David had failed to live up to the level it was supposed to be. It was cut off. It was full of promise. It was full of high hopes. It was full of all these expectations and it was cut off, right? But God had a purpose in cutting it off. He had a purpose of stripping it down. He always has a purpose when he strips us down. Again, it's either all God or nothing. And when you try to make partners with God and you say, God, I'll help you out, it's like, you're in the way. Get off my bridge. Let me do what I'm supposed to do. Is God doing that with you? Is he stripping you down? Right? But he's going to bring hope. When God shows up, nothing whether it's stump or a barren woman or a scaredy cat getting in all by himself with a few men, nothing will stop God. Then he says, a shoot for, will spring from the stem of Jesse. Then in, in Hebrew, there's a parallelism in the Hebrew poetry. So oftentimes uh, things are repeated either to develop the first point or they're repeated in other words to restate the point, you know, in a different words. And that's what's going on here in the second part of verse one. He says, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The word branch is the word netzer. Netzer means means a branch, and it's an unexpected branch. It's, a, it's, a, it's, um, it's to grow, it means to, it's a sapling, right? It's, it's, um, it's, and it's referring, of course, out of the stump of David that has been, re- everything else is removed. There's still one little sapling that's kind of come up, and that's the Messiah, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Out of something that looked dead, here comes God bringing forth this little green sapling. That's the Messiah, Go, go to uh, uh, Isaiah 4. Go to chapter 4 to your left. He uses the same term and uh, referring to the, same, uh, to the same person, to Jesus. Isaiah 4, verse 2. In that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth will be the pride and adornment of the survivors of Israel. God will bring forth the Savior, Jesus Christ. He's the branch. He's the net sere. In fact, 
Matthew plays a, 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 key, a play on words with Netzer to Nazareth, which is a different word. But he does this play on words to show that he was a Nazarene. From Nazareth, he's the Netzer, right? He's the one who God has sent when there was no hope. And this, this stump or this shoot, this little twig, is, 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 it looks fragile, right? It, fa- if it, looks, it, looks, it, looks, it doesn't look like the massive thing, but it's, it's little, right? And Jesus comes, and he's, he's not the most physically impressive guy, right? But he's Jesus. He's not somebody that you would look at and be attracted to him, G- uh, Isaiah said, right? He's humble. He's unassuming, right? He's, he's a servant. He is God of gods, yet he's also he, humble, And this, this shoot, this back to Isaiah 11, a shoot and a branch and twig, they're, they're little, they're, they're, there's not much, but, there's, but they come and Jesus Christ comes as the, as the one person who can bring salvation and hope to all men. In fact, go to Isaiah 9, go to Isaiah 9. <clears throat> Verse 1, this is again another familiar text. This, this uh, also points to Jesus. But there will be no more gloom for who, who was in anguish, for her who was in anguish. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. Stop right there. Where's Zebulun and Naphtali? Okay, I want you to picture your mind's eye and you know, we'll look at the book of maps in your Bible. You've got Israel, right? And at the top, you have the Sea of Galilee. You've got the Jordan River and you have the Dead Sea, right? Up above the Sea of Galilee is the Galilee region. That's, that's the region he's talking about. Well, what's significant about Zebulun and Naphtali? That was the place where the Assyrians took the people out, right? Like, it was, it was a bad thing. You know, they're they being taken out through that route up north. Excuse me. Um, and it seemed like all was gone. It seemed like life was, was, was done with. He says, but there will be no more gloom for those who were... He treated them with contempt, but later on he shall make it glorious. And he's got by the way of by way of the sea. That's that's actually a a a, 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 a road. Uh, it's the name of a road on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. You have a stump that looks like there's no hope, and you have people living in darkness have seen the great light. You live in darkness, you things like you can't see where you're going. You get, looks like nothing's going to happen. Seems like all is lost, right? Have you guys ever been there? We just feel like just giving up hope, and it seems like all is lost. Have you been there? That's where God comes on the scene, doesn't He? The thing's been stripped away, and when it's dark. It's interesting that when it's the most dark, that's where God shows up. In fact, in the book of Genesis, the first verse, the first verse is, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth, right? And then he says, let there be light. Here's God speaking light into, into the world by bringing forth Jesus, 
Matthew, of course, will quote this later on. The people who walk in the darkness will see a great light, and those who live in the dark land, the light will shine on him. And Jesus Christ is that light. God is the one who gives us hope. He gives us hope. Go back to Isaiah 11. You guys with me or am I? Okay. I started this church with great hope. I didn't start. Okay, I felt led for God to start the church with great hope, right? So in my mind, I had this great vision of things happening, right? Who doesn't? Trees growing, right? People being delivered and saved and miracles happening and, you know, everything. You know, I'm like, Lord, that's, you know, demons being cast out and people. I mean, really, you know? I feel like a stump right now. I got a, a faithful few people here. But I know that if God can bring a twig out of a stump, and He can bring light to to darkness. Daniel, you're going through something that God's going to bring you through, brother. But there are times it's going to feel so hopeless and dark. Know that God is not done with you or with Natalie. And I don't know why He's allowing you, bringing you through that. But He's not giving up. If God would send a Savior and send, send hope to the world, to a world that's not interested in Him, and Some people say you should just quit. The tree's been cut down. You should just quit, right? <coughs> quit because I can't make it happen or quit because God can't make it happen? Oh yeah, I'll quit because I can't make it happen. But I have yet to see where God can't make it happen, right? Jesus says, I'm going to build this church. <laughs> right? Who, who, who picks the, the, the least likely? None of us would have picked King David to be king. You know that? God chooses the most unlikely people to do the greatest things. So if I think I'm going to add to God's equation to make this thing successful, no way. I, I bank on the fact that God brings hope when there's no hope. I bank on the fact that God brings light in the most dark areas, the most difficult times. I bank on the fact that he does not give up on his promises, does he? Abraham and Sarah, give up. 
You're not going to have kids. Just give up. Give up on God. Years of waiting. Years. <clears throat> I think I've said this before. You know, Nick, God could have made, He could have bought forth an Isaac in nine months, right? Nine months. That's the natural product. Of course, He could have done less, right? If God wanted to. Nine months to make an Isaac, but it took years to make an Abraham. We think the objective is, is the, 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 the crowds. We think the objective is, no, no, no. The objective is Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? The objective is developing deep in that faith. Can I trust God when things are going well? Yeah, but how can you trust God when things are not going so well? Right? Giving up is easy. That's the, that's, that's, that's the, that's, that's the, um, no offense, that's just the weak man's answer. I won't give up. Unless there's nobody to teach to, then <laughs> I'll go find, I'll go on the street corner. But the point is, is God's looking for faithfulness. And Jesus Christ was born out of the most miserable conditions and he's faithful to the end to preach the gospel. He knows he's going to the cross. He doesn't give up. He knows he faces difficult. He knows people are going to reject him. He knows all his friends are going to leave him. His, everyone's going to say no. They're going to mock him. They're going to ridicule him. But he knows what the Father told him to do. He's not in it for the, pe- for the people uh, celebrity committee, or he's not in it for the people's choice. Or he's doing it to honor the, the God of glory. And at the end of your life, will it be that you have been faithful to the end? Say, God, I followed you to the end. I was faithful to what you told me to do. No matter what people did or didn't do, I was faithful to you. God brings hope where there's no hope. He brings hope where his promise has been, it seems like they were forgotten, right? but he still brings hope. He brings hope to the, to the darkest areas, but he still brings hope. Amen? Ellen, you went through a time where you lost hope. You went through a time where it was dark, and it was crazy anger and darkness and all that, right? But God didn't give up hope. You might have given up hope, but God didn't, because you knew what he was going to do. And he brought you back around. He did some healing and restoring your life. And you're a different person now than you were back then. And the difference wasn't you, it was God. Amen? And you can't explain how you got to where you are, but Jesus Christ. Amen? You're a living testimony of what I'm talking about right here. No amount of, of therapy and counseling, or, and those are helpful things, but no amount of that stuff, medication, no, no, you couldn't heal the things that only God could heal. And he's made you into a, 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 to a, 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 to a godly man, the godly man he's called you to be, but he's done some healing in your life that, that only he can get the glory for. And only you and him know where you were at. Right? Sometimes, sometimes we can't share with others where we're at. It's embarrassing, right? Some of us have those doubts. We're going through a hard time, we just, God, I don't know if I believe you, right? I'm telling you, you may not believe me this second, 
But God doesn't forget the promises he made, especially if you, you say, Lord, I want you in my life. He hasn't forgot about that. He takes his time. He's very patient. He's long-suffering. And he's on the long-term care plan for you, right? A lot of us want the instant fixes. We want, the, we want to put it all in place. And sometimes things are delicate, right? And very, very takes real patience, you know, and things have to settle, and things have to, and he knows what he's doing. Only God can do that. That's what he does. Jesus Christ came to do just that. He came to give hope when there was no hope. He's the hope of the world, amen? And as long as he is still on the throne, as long as he is still God, there's hope. That's never going to change. No one can kick him off the throne. <laughs> the devil might say, well, he's given up on you. What a, what a lie that is. See, the devil wants you to convince you that God loves you, loves everyone else but you. I don't know who I'm preaching to. Maybe it's just myself. Nick, don't give up, brother. I think our brother Tom, I don't, know, I don't know if he's watching. Tom, don't give up hope. God's still on the throne, brother. God can bring hope because he's able. Look at what he says in verse 2. I'm going to cover maybe one more. This is the second verse. Isaiah 11, 2. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. So let's go back. Isaiah 11, 1. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse. And a branch from his roots will bear fruit. How is able this? Because he's God. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And this is talking about Jesus, right? God is enabled. He's able to do the impossible. When God shows up, the impossible happens, Right? He's able to give counsel and strength and direction and life. That's what makes the gospel so wonderful. It's not a self-help thing. It's a, it's a life-giving thing. Amen? And Jesus Christ, he, he, he's the one. He's got it all. He's talking about superpowers and superman and superheroes. Jesus Christ has them all beat, right? Gives hope. It gives life. That's what we celebrate Christmas for. We celebrate the, the one thing the world is looking for. We have. Praise the Lord, we have Christ. That's the best gift God could ever give, right? Jesus Christ who gives life where there's no life. Hope where it really seems hopeless. God, I see no way out. You're, you know, from your perspective, but you know, I see something different. Right? Trust the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He'll make your path straight. Trust in the Lord. Sometimes when it's darkest and most gloomy, the, probably sometimes the only words you could say is this, Lord, I don't see a way out. I feel like you know what, but I'm going to trust you. 
Sometimes you just, you don't, you don't, you don't even feel love, you feel rejected, but you feel, like, feel all alone, and isolating, and just all this stuff, you know, and the words you say is this, but Lord, I'm going to trust you. That's it. I, I don't see anything, no changes. I feel terrible, right? But I'm going to trust you. Can you say that? I'm going to trust you, Lord. Amen? No matter what the doctors say. God bless the doctors. God use the doctors. God enable them and modern medicine, all that. But I'm going to trust you, Lord. I got bills to pay. Too much, not enough, not enough, not enough opportunities to even work those things out. But I'm going to trust you, Lord. Because you're a God who gives hope. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for, thank you, Lord, for Jesus Christ, for your son. Thank you that, that you do show up, Lord, at the, you, you, and you, you do what you do, Lord, and, and we can't explain it, and, and, uh, But you're God, Lord, and 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 we were we were dead in our sins, and 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 the whole world was dead and in darkness, and and you came to do something about that, Lord, to give hope. Thank you, Lord, that uh, we celebrate your birth this time of year, and. I think of people who maybe have lost loved ones or they've, they're going through really difficult times and they feel hopeless, but Lord, you're the one who gives hope. And uh, thank you, Lord, that our hope is not in something that's fleeting or, or failing or, or, or weak, but it's in the strong arm of God. It's in the strong loving Savior, Jesus Christ, who conquered death. And so, Lord, our hope is in a very good place when we put our hope in you, God, when we place our hope in you. Let us not look at the circumstances, Lord, but look to you and say, Lord, despite the things we see, despite the things we feel, despite the, the circumstances we're facing, let us trust and place our hope in you. And let it be, Lord, that you receive all the glory for everything that happens in our life. That you will bring us to a place of fruitfulness and maturity and that you would deepen and strengthen our faith because Jesus Christ gives us hope. And it's his, and it's his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand up? We stand up and... I'm looking forward to Christmas. How, are you, how about you guys? Christmas, okay, so Christmas we're going to have uh, scripture readings with a bunch of songs and a little shorter devotional. We're going to have a one-hour service, 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock, and then go off and uh, spend time with your family or do whatever you do on Christmas Eve. And, uh, but we're going to have a good time. We're going to have candlelight at the end. Uh, invite your friends and family or whoever wants to come. 
And we're just going to rejoice in the birth of our Savior, you know. We just love doing that. And maybe we'll sing happy birthday to Jesus, you know. We, I don't think it's on the, on, the, on the announcements, but we'll, you know, just celebrate that, you know. And just I, I, someday in heaven we'll find out, Jesus, when were you really born? Because <laughs> right now he wasn't born December 25th, but it's the day we just celebrate, decide to celebrate his birth. But anyway, God bless you guys. Um, yeah, let's do the ironic blessing, all right? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for... (coughs) Zoom prayer, prayer, Wednesday, like at 6. So tune in for that. I'll send out the link and information this week. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.